Good morning, my name's Ollie Henderson. Welcome to Take My Advice. I'm not using it. This is the second episode of the world's first work-life podstorm. Every morning in January, I'll be recording an episode and sharing it with you. Reflecting on some of my thoughts around changes in the relationship between our personal and work lives in 2020 and also how things will evolve in 2021. If you enjoy this series or any of the other podcasts, please sign up to the Future Work Life newsletter on Substack. And of course, please subscribe to take my advice. I'm not using it. On to the show. Enjoy. Lenin and Goethe on Future Work Life, written on Friday the 15th of May 2020. I mentioned some practical guides to remote work in the last newsletter and a few of you asked which I'd recommend. Automatic is an example of an incredibly successful company that just happens to have a distributed workforce. Their CEO, Matt Mullenweg, has a great podcast series that discusses remote work best practice and he captures some of the benefits of this approach in a neat infographic titled Distributed Works 5 Levels of Autonomy, which you can find a link to in the show notes. TopTal is a global remote work company and they've created a detailed playbook on how to gear up your team for a period away from the office. You'll also find a link to that in the newsletter. Quote, there are decades when nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. Vladimir Ilyich Lenin's really my first portal call when I'm looking for some insight into the future of work, but I'm going to give it to him this time. He nailed it with that quote. As Andrew Hill put it in the FT during the week of writing, some companies will survive this crisis and others will die. He writes that those who are on a path towards deep change will find ways to use the forces now at play to carry on and even expand. Those who weren't, won't. There are some work-life lessons to be learned from the varied responses of companies to this crisis, in particular how organisational culture and the mindset of leaders have prepared them for this situation and what impact this will have on their ability to emerge positively on the other side. Leaders benefit from loosening control during crises, enabling staff to creatively and intuitively respond to an uncertain and unknown situation, all characteristics of an organisation that empowers their workforce to operate flexibly. The good news is that even many organisations that have previously been slow to evolve their culture to the overwhelmingly positive evidence for the flexible working, particularly when it's structured, are now rapidly attempting to adapt. Given that the starting point for many businesses is so low, Gallup's most recent research shows that up to 85% of workers worldwide aren't engaged with their jobs. I hope that this pragmatic response proves the beginning of an experiment to test the effectiveness of more flexible work arrangements. What can business leaders and managers do right now to motivate their team and take advantage of this opportunity? In Drive, Daniel Pink identifies three intrinsic motivations that determine our relationship with work. Autonomy, our need to be in control of what we do and when we do it. Mastery, a sense of improvement and progress. And purpose, a desire to do something that has meaning. You can watch his TED talk on the subject via the link in the newsletter. Although it may be tempting for companies to resort to a paternalistic approach during times of uncertainty, as evidenced by the baffling use of surveillance technology, this is the time to show you trust your team and engender a growth mindset. Typically, companies have invested in the mastery part without necessarily understanding the importance of autonomy and purpose. Unfortunately for them, this isn't a recipe for success now or in the future. Adam Grant said it best, and I quote, In remote work, we don't need micromanagers. We need macromanagers to highlight our contribution to the team and reinforce the broader purpose of our work. One of the most meaningful parts of a manager's job is making other people's jobs more meaningful. End quote. Creating a culture of communication and openness 
is as vital now as it always has been, and it will remain so. If you want to listen to a superb articulation of how this can install purpose, I'd recommend you check out an interview with Angela Arendt on Reed Hoffman's Masters of Scale podcast. She's the former SVP of retail at Apple and CEO of Burberry and advocates imbuing meaning in the company's mission by creating down-to-earth, meaningful connections with people within the organisation. Interestingly, she also discusses how the influence of her family relationships has translated into an approach to work which emphasises human connection. It strikes me that a movement towards home working is reducing the traditional barriers between home and office life. And indeed, one benefit of this crisis is that it's created a sense of understanding of people's individual circumstances. Joan Williams considers in a Harvard Business Review article the benefits of the current situation in helping expose the fallacy of the ideal worker. She discusses, for example, the struggles of many parents to perform three jobs at the moment, worker, parent and teacher, something to which I can definitely relate. The uniqueness of each individual's circumstances is a fascinating aspect of this situation. It's illustrated well by the divergent perspectives given by Jenny O'Dell and Hugo Rifkind in articles published during the week of writing, which speak both to the respective challenges they face while simultaneously recognising the experience of others. O'Dell discussed the themes of isolation and burnout, while in The Times, Rifkind nicely summarises how a disparity between people's perception of time is the defining feature of life in lockdown. Quote, I have friends and family now plunged into enforced idleness watching box sets, playing epic computer games, or in one case, doggedly reading all six volumes of Edward Gibbon's The History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Whereas I, with full-time co-parenting now ladled on top of my normal full-time job, have never had less me time in my life. Often I'm nodding off on the sofa by half past nine. Take up painting, learn Mandarin, are you mad? End quote. One lasting impact of COVID-19 will be our reassessment of what's important in our lives and a better appreciation of others. I hope that another will be the recognition of the benefits of flexible work-life design and appreciation of the positive effects of a growth mindset. After all, to paraphrase, cue German cultural reference, the great Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, if you treat an individual as they are, they will remain how they are. But if you treat them as if they were what they ought to be and could be, they will become what they ought to be and could be. Thanks very much and have a nice weekend.